So to be a son of God is to be disciplined. To be a legitimate son is to be disciplined. We're, we're participating in that. So Christ took that on himself. There is no, I honestly don't believe that there's anything mischievous here going on by God by pouring out his wrath on his son. Hello, welcome to the Pondercast, where it's okay to think differently about the Bible and theology. Let's get pondering. Hello, welcome back to the Pondercast. My name is Perry Siddons, and as always, I'm joined by the wonderful Drew Petker. How are you doing, Drew? I'm good. I'm the wonderful Drew Petker. Yes. That's quite a nice title. I like it. Not sure yeah. as always, though. I'm not always here, but when I am here, I'm wonderful. So that's very good. Usually here. It's wonderful when you're here. That reminds me of the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, when they're they're knighting everyone. The Valiant, you know, mm-hmm. King Edmund, the Valiant, or whatever. Anyways. King Drew the Wonderful. Well, thanks. That's very kind of you. The Pleasant. Yeah, we are back. We are back and we are yep. ready to discuss yep. some atonement theories. We're excited about it. If you mm-hmm. listen to our first episode, if you haven't listened to our first episode, I'd highly recommend going to listen to that one on this kind of, it's an introduction to these topics and kind of what we're trying to accomplish, our goals. Not that you have to listen to them in, in that order, but uh, it might help yeah, you get yeah. a little background, but, exactly. but we're excited. We're excited to be here, excited mm-hmm. to, to do an episode on these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, before we get into that, Perry, you're doing okay? Nothing's, nothing's yep. weighing on you? Okay. Hey, oh, here's a question. I just want to keep things a little light as we're getting into this. Just at the it's going to get pretty heavy. Here, yeah. Right? Okay. Here's a question. Do yeah. you think TV shows these days are getting cheesier? Like the. Okay. Here's the reason I'm asking. This is how we lose listeners. You know that, right? No, we're not losing listeners. All right. What do you mean? Are they getting cheesier? Okay, I've been watching this show called 911 Lone Star. It takes place in Texas. It's a little cheesy, and uh, the graphics are really cheesy. Like, I remember watching shows, even in, from the early 2000s, even like sci fi shows, and I'm thinking the graphics are way better in that show. <laughs> wow. Is it animated or what? No, this is live action. I don't know. Shows just seem to be getting cheesier these days. Some shows anyways, but uh, this is just me venting about TV shows. Why would you talk into your cup while you're drinking? That makes for horrible. Why? I'm just going to disregard your whole question because you drank, you talked while drinking out of your cup. Because <laughs> that was a horrible question. Oh, um, that was harsh. That was very harsh. I'm going to push back on that. They might be cheesy. I don't know. Maybe I don't know, Perry. I have no idea. Okay. Just don't. Do you, do you talk, have anything? Don't laying? talk. Do you don't talk anything? while you're trying to drink. Well, I was not. I was trying to make etiquette. a point by drinking in my cup. That's what. That, there oh. was a point to it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Anyways, the topic for today is penal substitutionary atonement. Is that correct, Perry? Well, we're talking about substitutionary atonement. No, we're talking about penal substitution. We're talking about atonement. both. Okay, okay. Well, I'm just trying to make the ground level here because okay. before we got on air, Perry and I were already kind of not bat- butting heads here, but we were kind of trying to figure out where each other stood on it. So it was, 
let's just define our terms properly. Yeah, so yeah. Substitutionary atonement. Right. Um, Most commonly called penal substitution. I don't think I've ever. Well, but there's a difference between the two. I don't think. Well, why don't Why don't you give us what it is then? Substitutionary right. atonement, and then kind of right. If you can, just give us a. Uh, the difference between penal substitution right. and just substitution if that's if that, you're okay doing that right well uh substitutionary atonement is the is the idea that christ died as the substitute on behalf of sinners so that so there's the belief that humanity sinned and they needed to pay for their sin and christ died to pay for sin and made atonement for sinners penal substitutionary atonement is the um kind of it's more like a uh christ is dying on behalf or um christ is dying to save sinners from god from god's wrath um and and you might define that a little bit differently like you were the how did you 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 call it uh oh something? it's the angry god theory yeah that's but what i'm it not gets sure called. yeah I'm not by sure pe- that's by obviously people who don't right. believe in it call it the angry God theory. Right. Exactly. But I, you can see how that comes out. Like, um, okay, well, I'll give you my definition or a working definition kind of okay. picked from a couple of people that I was kind of listening. And basically it's God, the father is depicted as this judge who is eager to punish sin. He wants to punish sin. He's eager to oh. do it. And he, that he's kind of angry which would you agree with that he needs to punish sin i don't think it's fair to say that he's eager to to, to punish sin because well, he's not he, going to let but, it just go but he's not eager but at the same okay. time he's he's not he's desiring to he, he is, wants to i'm just gonna keep interrupting you he needs to when i think of eager it's like oh i'm ready when are these okay, so when are they, like he's rubbing his hands like Oh, when are they gonna mess up? I'm ready See, to but he punish. Needs to. Does he not need to punish? But that them? doesn't mean he's eager. He he needs okay, to what's because the word? he's because he's a just yeah. God. Um, but he's not he's not eager. I think eager is a bit of a caricature of God's uh of of God's justice. Okay. okay. So anyway, he needs to Yes, I mean this is probably this is probably not a good word to say, but you're gonna probably jump on vent his wrath. That kind of phrase. He needs to do the wrath of God needs to be poured out on to someone, something, some being right. for the sin of the world, which isn't wrong either. And at this point, you can insert lots. I mean, Calvin says this thing. Um, at this point, don't look for God. Don't look for the Father for love. Just look at Christ. Don't don't. God the Father is not love at this point. Just look to Christ. Don't focus on the Father. That's what Calvin says about this kind of idea. But anyways, furthermore, um, so God is a judge. Jesus is our defense attorney. Um, right. The Father says the punishment is death. Jesus says, I'll take the punishment on behalf, which doesn't really, he's not a very good attorney at this point because he's like, yeah, I'll take it. No problem. I mean, but whatever, that's besides the point. Um, the whoa, okay. whoa, 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 that's quite the statement to make. Why is he not a what? good attorney? Well, because he, I mean, in our legal sense, most attorneys are like, get rid of the charges. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just saying, like, okay. you know what I mean? I'm, it was just a joke. Sorry, it wasn't like okay, me. Okay, okay. It was just a joke. 
<laughs> you took that very seriously. Okay. Anyways, uh, the father says, okay, the wrath of God is put on Jesus. Um, punishment is given. And then the wrath has been given out. It's not building up anymore. Reconciliation is now possible. Right. Is that, is that a fair representation of penal substitutionary atonement? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, the, the penal means penalty, punishment. Uh, subs- so, so substitution, Christ is taking the penalty for sinners upon himself and making atonement yeah. for sin because sin requires a punishment. Um, yeah, penal substitutionary atonement is really controversial. A lot of Christians want to back yeah. away from it. And I don't think understandably. That, well, I don't I think, think so. we should. I think there's some aspects of it. I think that's it's misunderstood. Okay. Like like or misunderstood. Fair well, enough. Okay. That's, that's a good way to the, say it. That's a good way the, to say it. The accu- the main accusation is that God it, like it's cosmic child abuse. Like God God is pouring out his full wrath on an innocent man. Like that Jesus wasn't like he said, okay, go. Like, like the father said, okay, go, go take my wrath. And that that's child abuse. Yeah. That's the main argument against it. And I think, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't agree with that. I will back away from that. Um, Jesus wasn't innocent. Wait, sorry. What was that? Jesus was innocent. Okay. I heard wasn't. And I was like, what? <laughs> whoa, what? Where are we getting into here, Paris? Right. Okay, he was innocent, but he participated. He was a victim, but he was a victim of our sin. He was a victim of the wrath that we deserved, but he was fully, he was a, like he said, I, I will go and do that on behalf of sinners. So, um, I mean, right at the get-go here, I'm, I'm already kind of pushing back on that. But, but what do you, like, you seem to think that we should, and I want to hear why. Like, well, the, I think that's a better way to say it. it's misunderstood, and that okay. it's the anger, wrath, God. But I don't know. My thing is, is it myth misunderstood actually, or are we just taking what we want from it and leaving the rest of it? Like, I mean, penal substitution atonement. It might be God is eager to punish. Just let me finish here. I know you don't like that word. <laughs> But all that you're taking it as is God needs to punish the sin. And so are you just taking what you like from it and then applying that? Do it. Do you know what I'm saying here? Like taking what from what taking what I like from what? Well, taking that God isn't eager, is not eager to punish. Like you're, um, what am I trying to say here? So like penal substitution or substitutionary atonement it's God needs to punish sin. And do you think that the anger of God being vented is part of that uh, theory? Or do you think that um, you're just taking what you want from the theory and then applying different other, other theological mm-hmm. implications on it? Like I'm, what I'm saying is, is penal substitution is God eager to punish in this theory? Oh, well, your thoughts aside, in this theory, is he eager to punish? I think he is. He wants to punish sin. He 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 needs to do it. He is 
I don't know what the right word is. You're right. Eager is not the right word, but desires also isn't the right word. Um, maybe needs is all we have, but I'm just saying like, right. is the, is the, the problem you have with what I'm saying, the, the theory, or is it that you're uncomfortable with it? Or is it that I'm not presenting this theory properly? I, yeah. Okay. I think I'm tracking with you. Okay. Um, Hopefully our listeners are, cause I know that was very convoluted. So <laughs> you I can, think- what you're highlight saying, some things here right i think what you're saying is that penal substitution is saying that god wants to punish sin yeah and that he is delighting in it um that just sounds so i mean i yeah, know okay, and yes, that's why i say i don't think he is so do you think why you're he... taking what you like out of substitutionary atonement and then not the whole concept of it, which is well, fine. That's not a wrong thing to do. I'm just asking if that's kind of what, or, <laughs> or are we just misrepresenting penal substitutionary atonement? Well, let's look at it this way. If God is holy. Yeah. And I believe he is, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's the core of his being. I think people really just don't like dealing with the fact that God, like in our society, and Christians who are so affected by our society, like they don't, I, I, I don't think people want to deal with that fact that God is holy, God is love. Like, those are not polar opposites. Um, we look at the Old Testament, and okay, when when Adam and Eve sinned there wasn't really a declaration of you have sinned and now you must, now you must pay for your sin. It was, I'm going to crush the serpent's head. And that has been fleshed out. I think that goes more toward the theory that we're going to talk about in the next episode. But what happened? Adam and Eve were exiled. There was punishment for their sin. Like that, like it wasn't explicitly said, but we, that's implied. There's, exile involved in sin there's punishment involved in sin and that's the cycle throughout the old testament Mm -hmm. you see that through judges they sinned and they were put into like this micro exile like a mini exile where they were taken over they were rescued they were taken over they were rescued they were taken over they were rescued finally you have the big grand exile uh in in the old testament kind of near the end of the old yeah of israel okay yeah because they sinned because they were doing what god did not want them to do they were turning their they were turning away from him that's what happened with adam and eve they they turned away from god and they were exiled as a result so we see in this god's wrath god's punishment He's not necessarily delighting in it because you read the prophets. My goodness, the prophets can be depressing, but there's actually really wonderful pieces of God's love showing up where he says, I love you despite your sinfulness. Yes, I'm pouring out my wrath on you, but despite your sinfulness, I'm going to save you. So when it comes to the, when it comes to Jesus and it comes to this penal substitution, I don't think, penal substitution in the way that I'm understanding it is not in line with old Testament with the wrath of God. And when you sin, you're going into exile. Jesus was going into an, into exile on the cross. 
my God, my God, why have, why have you forsaken me? Uh, but he, but at the same time, this is my son whom, in whom I delight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look at Romans, uh, f- uh, Romans five, like read all of Romans five. And how can you not believe in substitutionary atonement? I'm not saying wow. penal substitutionary atonement. Right. Okay, fair I'm enough. saying substitutionary atonement. Totally, but yeah. still, I think there's some penal substitutionary atonement here because it says, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. So we're saved by Jesus from the wrath of God. Um, so we're, we're avoiding this wrath that we deserve. We are avoiding, like, we're, like there's that element there where the penalty has been paid on our behalf because of the sin that we committed. So, what what are your thoughts on what I what I've said? Well, you're <laughs> I, yes, you're right. Like there there is certain aspects. Of, I mean, there there are a lot of aspects of substitutionary atonement that I think you can't deny. Um, and I I, I affirm those. Like you mean like the like that Jesus was our substitute. Um, the, the, the biggest problem I have and most people do have is you do get this sense of, and maybe it's not an accurate sense of it, but you do get the sense of God's wrath is being poured out on son. And like you said before, it's like this child abuse thing. That's like God just destroys his son. It not, not destroys, but you know I mean, it's this, this anger or whatever. Um, I think you did good to highlight the, the holiness of God. We don't understand that and certain aspects of that, but I don't think it properly um, solves the case for a lot of people. Cause I think that's, that's the, do you not agree that's the biggest turnoff on this theory is that the father doesn't seem to be this loving father towards Christ. And, and you did point out that I love you. Like I'm, I, I'm with you. But yet he has this wrath that's also poured out at the same time. It's both and like, like you're pointing out. Um, but it's not really easy to see. I don't think it's not this. Mm-hmm. It's not always front and center of this theory. I think it's the front and center is the wrath of God poured out on upon Christ, which is and okay. Okay, I don't. That's think, what I think. I don't. That's think what I that's, view it as. Okay. Okay. Good. Good to point out. I don't think it should be. Uh, see, I think it is though. Like that's in my, right. in my, in okay. my view or my understanding of it, mm. that is front and center, the wrath of God poured out on Christ. Right. Because that is what atones for the sin. Right. And so that without that, without the wrath going poured on Christ, we receive the wrath of God. Right. In this theory. So it's, I don't know, like it's just, at, that's my forefront. And maybe that's, that's not proper mm. but that's just what i think of it i okay. before i let you go here i just want to say um well i know I've, I've been talking for a while now oh it's okay one one guy i was kind of been listening to and, and a little bit reading up i loved how he put this the, the atonement in his view he put and this might actually fall what you think um he says we violently sinned our sin upon christ rather mm. than god's wrath being poured on christ we send his sin on Christ. So it's almost mm. like the idea. It's like we did it, but it's 
God's wrath that's doing it at the same time. Right. And there's this very interesting um, dynamic here. Um, but in our first episode, I, I brought up two questions that I kind of want to answer, which is who, what's the obstacle here and who wanted just to die? Remember, remember I talked about those? I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. But in this theory, I kind of see it almost as a, what's the obstacle? Well, evil, human sin, whatever you want to call it, is the obstacle. And who wants you just to die? It almost seems like, like, and you're going to probably get really upset at this, but it almost seems like God the Father wants Jesus to die in a sense. Like, because he's the one bringing forth, he's in the bare bones of this structure without um, looking further into it. That, that basically what it seems like at first glance that God wants Jesus to die to be able to reconcile humanity to himself. And that may not be what you believe, but that's just what I, I, that's what I view when I see this theory. Like, what do you think? I agree with that. (laughs) That God wants you just to die. Yes, but not in a maniacal way. Man, you can't, that's, that's so hard to mend with the rest. Like, I don't know how you mend that with the love of God. Like, that's just so like saying that God wants to kill Jesus. Like, would you say that? And these are hard questions. Like we don't like. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. If you don't know, that's fine. I'm just. I believe that the Father wanted to reconcile humanity with Himself. No, that's not. That wasn't what I asked. But I'm at <laughs> the Father but, want but to I'm, kill Jesus. I'm, a, I'm answering your question, though. Okay, fair enough. He wanted to reconcile humanity to Himself, and the only way to do that was to send His perfect Son as a human being to take our nature upon himself, but not disregard, not neglecting his divinity. Mm, Right. In order to be the perfect sacrifice for sin. This is, this is substitutionary atonement. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think we can get past that. The fact that yes, God wanted to kill his son, but not in a, <laughs> it's hard in a way. That's well, what we'll I mean. Do that because obviously no one thinks God ing But well, I mean, not... obvious. But that no, that's what people think though. That's 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 the heart. Not of this, I know, but you say it, you say it like that, and it sounds like a joke. I'm just like it might not be a mohaha, but it might be a very serious. It might be a serious thing. Is is more so what people think? Like God is seriously he desires. He, his passion is he's eager to kill his son. That's, that's what this theory can bring out, which I don't know right. if it's accurate right. or not, right? Okay. He has, this, he has a strong desire. He wants to do this. Like, it's just this weird, not fatherly figure, which, which can come out of this. So I feel like I'm being very hard on penal substitutionary atonement here. And I actually, part of, like, like you said, like, I don't think we can get away with not saying it's substitutionary atonement to some degree. But I just, I just know I've heard and listened to tons of people who have a huge problems with it, and I thought I'd bring them up. So that, that's kind of why I'm pushing back so hard on this, just because it's there are a lot of easy pushbacks on it. First one being, this sounds like sacrificing a son for people, like, and and it's just it's very hard to wrap our heads around. I think right. at, at times, right? I am not. Uh... 
I don't, I understand the pushback. Um, but I honestly believe that the biblical witness is that God's wrath is being poured out on the sun, on the cross. And Jesus says it is finished in that he is paying the debts of sin. Mm-hmm. He is perfectly receiving the wrath of God. I'm not sure if you're disagreeing with that. I think you're, I think you're disagreeing more with the attitude that God has maybe. May, because, maybe. because Drew, it just, here's it just the sound, thing. But it here's sounds like thing. Perry it sounds like child sacrifice is what it sounds but, like. But Okay. Yes. I understand that. Yeah. But how do you, dis, how do you, what do you do with what Paul says? That verse I read where he, uh, you let me read it, it out again. in your Bible. Yeah, exactly. No, I do kidding, that. I do that all the time. Uh, like loving, like loving your enemies. <clears throat> Since therefore yeah. we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. Okay. Well, there almost seems to be. Uh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. But what do you do with that? Right. No. I'm like. <laughs> that's. I like I said. I came very hard against this this theory. I'm not actually against this theory very much. I, I think there's okay. a lot of it <laughs> that makes sense. I'm just, okay. I'm just trying to bring up the things that are problems with it. And, and okay. like, so like I'm not denying the scriptural, um, uh, what's the word? Scriptural cases for this, right? I'm not saying there's not, I'm just saying it just in, I guess your, your typical Sunday school answer, you never have thought of right. this, right? It doesn't seem to make any sense. Okay. And it is hard to negotiate and not negotiate, but to try to <laughs> navigate, I guess we're looking for it. Okay how this works because it seems very convoluted with what we think and know simply about the character of God. Hmm. And so it might be just a matter of complexity that we cannot right. really grasp or understand, or it takes a long right. time to understand. Um, so I don't really know what the answer is. Like it's just, it might just be a matter of continuing to, to kind of figure it out. And it might just be a a struggle, I guess, to actually understand what the wrath of God, how that's playing into the love of God upon Christ. But the bare bones of it, first glance, just looks like child sacrifice. Right. Okay. Does it? Does it not? Does it not look like that? God sends His Son to Earth so He can pour out His wrath on it to save humans. But we don't. But we don't. We don't stay there, though. No, so and that, there's, that, so that, there's no point, there's more but there's no it. point in dwelling on the bare bones because we don't stay there. That wasn't the point of the cross. It wasn't the point of a child sacrifice. This well, kind of was to reconcile humans. It was it was to make propitiation to appease the wrath of God. <laughs> um, he's not a arbitrary. Let me read this quote. I think this is good. Okay, from go Mike from Michael quote. Horton. Read a quote, and then I want to give some historical background on this because we should have started with historical background. But go well, ahead. And there's so many good verses that I want to get to as well. And, and that's one th- before you read. I just I don't deny that there's lots of scriptural evidence for it. I'm be- I'm very much still speaking from the emotional standpoint okay. of it. That right the character of God just it's very hard to grapple with it. Um, and just doing some research, like that's the people's biggest problem with this theory. And I, like I said, I think there's lots of good things in substitutionary atonement that I think right. you can't deny from scripture. 
Go ahead, read your quote. I'll, I'll stop. Well, let me, before I read the quote, what has come to my mind is a uh, is the book Lord of the Flies. I think we can understand this oh, this char- this caricature of this view is. Have you ever read Lord of the Flies in high I school? I have. Yep. Yeah, okay. I have. Actually, I really appreciate how the teacher brought out these themes, um, where he's like the author. I can't remember the author, but he was bringing out kind of these biblical themes of. Oh yeah, yeah. They they these kids are on this island and they're trying to create the society, but then things go sideways, and then they think they see this monster on the on the mountain, and the monster is this dead guy with a parachute on him. And they, and they, you know, they're afraid of him. I can't quite remember, but they're afraid of him and uh, they want to appease him. So they, they hunt down this pig. They killed it. Like it's quite violent and they kill this pig. They cut the head off. They put it on a stick. And then that same night, because the, this guy is on a parachute, he, he's blown away and they think, oh, the monster's gone. Like the monster has been appeased and we can live in safety now. I think that's what. I think that's the problem here is that people think that um, that God is so arbitrary um, that he need like he needs something to like hold himself back. Um, but I don't think that was like where, okay, now that now that he's been appeased, he'll he'll leave us alone because he killed his son. He'll leave us alone. But here's this quote. When the father is regarded as the angry judge who takes out his frustrations on his passive and loving son, we do indeed have something like cosmic child abuse. However, this is not the biblical story. He says the son himself is not an unwilling victim of divine or human violence, as many critics of sacrificial atonement suggest. All three persons of the Trinity are involved in this sacrifice. The father gives his only son out of his love. The spirit sustains him in his grief and vindicates him in his resurrection mm-hmm. and even in uh in in hebrews 12 the author is talking about the chastisement that you take as being a part of as, as being a child of god that is a direct implication of being a child of god who is in union with christ who also suffered the same sufferings that we go through in a whatever spiritual sense so to be a son of god is to be disciplined to be a legitimate son is to be disciplined. We're, we're participating in that. So Christ took that on himself. There's no, I honestly don't believe that there's anything mischievous here going on by God, by pouring out his wrath on his son. Okay. So would you say people who have that mindset don't understand penal substitutionary atonement then? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's just a lack of, because like I said, everything I've basically said from now is right. Um, someone else's views based on what their biggest yeah their biggest pushback on this theory was that's what i was presenting to you before so you would say they just don't understand what's actually happening here rather than trying to understand it they just decided to pick a different atonement theory which still is scriptural i'm not saying the other ones aren't to a certain extent um but they just decided to dismiss this one because they don't like it if god doesn't understand it sorry sorry, go ahead sorry no no go ahead go ahead if god doesn't have a wrath then he doesn't need like nothing needs to appease his wrath. Like I'm not afraid to say that his wrath needs to appease because I look at a verse like first John, he is the propitiation for our sins. Like that word is very much in line with appeasement, but not in the sense of 
God's wrath was like breaking free and, and uh, like he found like Jesus was happened to be the one that he appeased himself on. It was, um, it was, it was all, it was all bombed. Like it was very much a loving thing where they decided to do this together. Uh, so he was a propitiation. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So um, we'll get to this later, this other theory of moral example. Uh, uh, example. That's not what's going on here, I don't think, in this view. Well, there's some. Oh, no, this, there's some aspects right. of that which I think are right. But, that, but that, I think that those two, uh, there's an element there in that view. There's an element in that view yeah. that, is to, that is certainly opposed to God's wrath. Um, if, mm. if, if, yes. If yeah. The cross is not only about showing God's love. It's about showing his love by, by pouring his wrath on him that's so that's still a hard that's still a hard thing to okay. say anyways that, that's fine that's good that's a good way to say it though <laughs> um do you think so it's kind of a left ball kind of comment but i'm just curious what you think so there's this theory basically came out 1500s ish kind of reformation time as far as my understanding mm-hmm. oh is. penal substitution kind of right yes right yes. yeah um interestingly enough the legal system significantly changed around the 1500s. Hmm. Um, before then, you were basically, you know, if you, you know, you killed the king's, if a peasant killed the king's goat, death was the penalty. Whereas if a nobleman killed the king's goat, it might be able to pay it back or whatever. You know, your sin was your, what you did was based on who you did it against. Hmm. Whereas now in history, in the 1500s it wasn't that much it's like kind of like our common legal system where it's you know it's not based on your status rather than it's based on what you did um it's so interesting hmm. enough the predominant theory before the 1500s was the the satisfaction theory which was more so um this status-based theory where now sub penal hmm. substitutionary atonement isn't really status-based anymore it's um it's based on the sin what must be punished and so do you think that our legal system is the basis on which, why we actually believe this system or does that help us and aid us in thinking mm-hmm. of this? Because if you think about our legal system today, we have attorneys, you know, they fight for you. They limit your sentence, you know, and you, like penal substitutionary atonement is very much like our legal system today. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I don't know what you think about, but like, so do you think our legal system if it ever changed to, I don't know, every crime was capital punishment, would our view on the atonement change? Mm. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. It's just like, it's kind mm. of a far out there thought, but it was just something I was thinking about. Like, it's very much in line with their legal system. Would you agree with mm. that? Like, kind of like someone fighting for you, the penalty will mm. be paid. It mm. hasn't paid, you're free to go kind of thing. And that's basically what our legal system today is mm. representing. Right. So do you think that's for the better or for the worse that this kind of implements or like kind of um, mirrors our legal system today? I think there's parallels to our legal system, but I, 
I'm not, I can't comment on whether the legal, the way we understand the legal system impacts our view of the atonement. All, all I know, like, I okay, don't know, well, that's it, but, that's it. I just, but, it uh, makes you think about the future, right. I guess, because in mm. the past, our, the legal system affected it by, it was substitutionary atonement, which we'll talk about, I don't know when, no, yeah, substitutionary atonement, I think it's what I'm talking about. Um, no, but, satisfaction but, theory. But, satisfaction theory. Sorry, which was this the status right. state? Okay. Which is which is was the past, and now it's this penal substitutionary, which is kind of like what we're in now. So, hmm. like, and if our court system or legal system changes in the future, we think we'll change the atonement. I mean, you don't know the answer. It just it was a very interesting thought that was brought up when I was kind of researching this that our view of justice in our social system in our um in how we live in our culture does it affect how we view the atonement history seems to say it does a little bit mm-hmm. and will that continue later then like you said i know you don't have an answer but what, do you have any thoughts on that if not just move on to your next point well it's interesting and i think we're out of time uh Mm-mm. so I'm just going to say this. that I have too much uh, to say yet. Well, we're out of time. Give me 10 more <laughs> minutes. 10 more minutes. I think you already have had 10 minutes. All right, finish what you don't say then. I think, script, in my opinion, Scripture certainly speaks about Christ as a substitute. Um, I uh, Fleming Rutledge. Drew, you need to get this book called The Crucifixion. By Fleming everyone, Rutledge. Everyone needs to get that book. Yes, absolutely. It's a fantastic, it's heavy, it's a thick book, but it's so good. Um, and she might be a little little more liberal than than like some of the things she says I, I'm a little uncomfortable with, but just so good. And I couldn't find where she said this, but I'm sure she said this. If you're uncomfortable with substitutionary atonement and the and the kind of the baggage that comes with substitutionary atonement, like penal, the penal aspect. I, she says, I think the Bible still says that Christ is a substitute. If we want to, if we want to put it bare bones, yep. like he's the high priest, that's substitutionary language. He's the Lamb of God, that's substitutionary language. He even says himself, "For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many." I think that's a uh, that's a uh, that's a word of, of of substitution. Like I'm I'm yeah. going in place of the many. And I think the Son of Man language there really emphasizes that as well. But um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I yeah, I think that's. I'm not like we said in the last episode. This isn't the only view of the, of what happened at the cross, but this is one of them, and this is the the predominant. Like Christ came to die for sinners, and there's just a lot involved in that. But to pay for sin. Like that was part of his mission was to yeah. pay for sin. So do you have anything else to add in a minute or less? Yes. I'll talk really quick here. Just, get it all through. <laughs> um, just like the, I think one of the biggest things this view has going for one of the biggest benefits is that it, um, it negates the fact that humans did anything yet. Do you know what I mean? It makes grace seem more free. It, there's nothing I did right. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus did it. He took the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a sense of certainty. It's the finality. It's there's lots of benefits for it 
a hundred percent. I agree. Um, and, and I think that's beautiful. Like, that is wonderful. But one thing that I like this view, it kind of, it, it has this mentality on me. It's like, it's like the bully of every other view. It bullies everything else around. And I think that's kind of our mindset around it, that this is like, if, because most of the time, this is how the gospel is explained through penal substitutionary atonement. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so it like bullies every other view. If you don't believe yeah, this yeah. one, you're not worth it. Get <laughs> out, you know? So, <laughs> and so I hope to kind of explore that mm. in, other, in other episodes and kind of look at, is penal substitutionary the bully view that just kind of like, <laughs> you need to have this? Or is there other different views that you can have mm. and still, you know I mean, have community with the rest of the church? Um that don't agree with you, which I think is fine, but it'll be really interesting to kind of jump back and reference this episode in other episodes. And we can, cause I think this is the the big one that we will reference back to, to kind of, you know, talk about one well, penal substitution. This was so, and it is, do you not think it's kind of like the bully one? Like this is how the gospel is represented more often than not this legal matter, right, because right. we understand it and it's easy to understand. It's simple. It's, Right, it may not be comfortable, I, I, right. in, but it's simple. In evangelical circles, it has primacy. Yeah, certainly, yes. it has primacy. Yeah, it's a bully, like I said. Right, I'm, I'm trying anyways. to be. I'm trying to be more majestic than you, Drew. So I'm oh. gonna, I'm gonna say primacy. Okay, Perry, whatever you say. As anyways, uh, I should folks, be drinking water as I'm saying that. Duh. Yeah. Anyways, folks, we do appreciate you listening to us. Yeah, Please. Yeah. We, we would love to know what you think about penal substitutionary atonement, whether you think it's great or just not substitutionary great. atonement. Yeah. Or substitutionary. What, like, what are your problems with it? Have you ever struggled with it? Yeah. You yeah. mean when you first heard of it, did it rub you the wrong way? Have you come to love it and, and to give you comfort or whatever? Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, rate and review us for your podcast as it does help spread the word. And we hope that you did enjoy this podcast and we hope that you will continue to enjoy it as we keep putting product and uh, content out for you. So until next week, keep on pondering.